You are listening to the Keep Writing Podcast, a resource for Christian women who are ready to write their first book, and then more, so they can guide their readers into spiritual freedom while guiding their own families into financial freedom. I'm Nika Maples, and this is episode 104, Take Authority Over Your Home. There is just something about Sandy Job. From the moment you meet her, you feel like you're in the presence of a queen. She carries herself with elegance and security, but there is a playfulness about her that makes her irresistible and very approachable. When I was hosting a live event a while back and wanted a speaker on the topic of blessing your home, I knew there was no better choice than Sandy Job. I've not personally been in Sandy's home, but everyone who has tells me that she creates a warm and inviting atmosphere that just makes you want to stay. You sense the love of Jesus from wall to wall and floor to ceiling. Take it from Sandy. It is not too late to make your home a sanctuary and a safe haven like she has done. And if you want to know how she does it, then let's listen in. Well, I've never been introduced as a queen before, but I'm, I am beyond honored to be here with you today and to not only be a part of your glory day, but to experience that for myself. I am um, blessed, Nika, to even be a part of what you're doing here and I'm so grateful for your heart, for your gifts, and for your willingness to open and share that with us. I uh, am a local girl here. I've been a local girl my whole life. I, uh, I'm a Dallas girl. I was born at Mother Baylor, that's what I call it, and um, just a few years ago. But um, one of the things that I love most is my home, and I love inviting people to my home. I love talking about my home. I love talking to you about your home, because so much goes on in the home. I have been married almost 40 years. I know, I look 30-something. But no, I've been married to my high school sweetheart, Mark. He's my love of my life, and I'm grateful that you're here today. And um, we're going to scoot to Waco when this is over. He has a dad that's um, having some health issues, so we're going to go see him today. But thank you, sweetie, for being here we have three grown children, grown, thank you, Lord, what, an, what a reward it is when they're grown, right? When you're like, oh, I'm, I'm not in jail, I'm here to celebrate with you. But uh, the Lord brought them all amazing mates, and they all love the Lord and are serving the Lord. And then we have, we have five grandbabies, but only four are still on earth. And uh, we have a little girl in heaven, but then we have four grandboys who are the most adorable kids. Okay, I have some photos if y'all want to see them later. But anyway, God has blessed us, and I forgot my watch today, so I'm going to try to turn a timer on here. Um, but I just I wanted to share with you just what the Lord has put in my heart a little bit when she asked me if I would share on the home. I was more than uh, excited to do that, and. I can remember from um, just as far back as I can remember, I just always wanted to be, when people would ask me, what do you want to be when you grow up? I would say a wife and a mom. And you know, I'm going to show my age here, but 
those were modeled for us in June Cleaver and Carol Brady. And the only thing I missed out on was Alice. Alice that lived with the Brady family. Remember, cooked all the meals, cleaned everything, helped get the kids to school. Yeah, I missed, I missed that boat somehow. I needed an Alice. But one of the things that I wanted to share with you today is I believe I have a gift of hospitality. I'm grateful for that. And uh, so being the first speaker at this um, amazing event today, you have, it, it's, there's some bonus, and then there's, I'm not sure, you don't have anything to compare me to, but so that you can't say you didn't get anything out of my class, I brought you a treat. So I'm going to pass this around. I wasn't sure really how to do it. These do have peanut butter in them, so if you have an allergy, just don't breathe around when the, when the bag comes. So if you'll just take one and pass it or hand, hand one across the table, whichever way to make it not crazy. But um, with this being early January, I have a January birthday, and so I always felt like I hated it because I always felt like my parents just bought one extra Christmas gift and stuck it in the closet. Yeah, see, somebody over here is feeling that January birthday pain. But I always felt like, you know, they were like, don't wrap it in Christmas papers. Turn the paper over where you use the white side. So I want you to know these were made last night. They're not left over from Christmas goodies. They are fresh from the, from the dipper. So um, I just wanted to share those with you and... So you can say that you got something out of this class, right? So one of the things that I love about the Bible is it constantly tells us stories about how Jesus, when he was on earth, went into the homes of people. I love that. I love having people to my house. And I always think it's interesting how people were so, the Pharisees were so quick to judge him for going to the house of sinners. I think maybe they were jealous. You know, what, who? What difference does it make whose house he went to? The Sadducees, I think they were called Sadducees because they were so sad, you see, and the Pharisees were not fair, you see. But the Bible tells us all, all kinds of stories how Jesus made house calls. Have you ever thought about when somebody has a crisis, when somebody has a death in their family, what do you do? You gather things and you go to their home. You go to comfort them. You go to help. Um, it, it goes way back from the beginning, so I think we were always destined to share in each other's homes. We all know the story of when Jesus was coming into the town of Jericho, how he was walking through the town, and there was a little tax collector man. I love how he tells a story about a short man, how he was passing by, and he looked up in the tree, and there was Zacchaeus. And what did he say? Zacchaeus, come down, because I'm going to your house. I wonder if Zacchaeus had any thought that, hey, you know, I'm going to run by. I heard Jesus was coming through town today. I want to go see him. I just want to see who he is. I wonder if he thought, maybe I ought to spiff up over here because he might come home with me. I doubt it. But um, I love that he always made time to go and spend time in people's houses. What if your house was one of the houses where Jesus would come often? Would you be ready uh, in Luke 10, 38, it says, As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. Would you be the one in the kitchen like Martha, or would you be the one at the feet of Jesus? I'd like for every Martha in the room to raise your hand. All the Marthas. Martha always gets a bad rap. I'm a Martha. She gets a horrible rap. She was the one busy cooking, cleaning, and Mary was just sitting at Jesus' feet. I always just was like, 
Oh, Jesus, I want to be Mary. I just want to sit at your feet. But can I tell you today, even in this room, we wouldn't be in this nice facility if Martha's hadn't come in and prepared the way for us. If all the Martha's on Nika's team hadn't come and cared about having a pen on the table, having a flower, having a candle in the bathroom, whatever, wanting us to have a beautiful backdrop for you to look past me and see that. I love Martha because she is the one who showed us how it's okay to use your gifts and your talents to make room for Jesus. I like how it tells a story about uh, Jesus was a good friend with Peter, and, and Jesus spent the night with Peter. I think he spent the night quite often because it says that in Luke 29, it says, as soon as they left the synagogue, they went with James and John to the home of Simon and Andrew. Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever, and they immediately told Jesus about her. So he went to her, took her hand, helped her up. The fever left her, and she began to serve them. I wonder if Jesus was like, oh, no, this isn't a good day for you to be down, sister. We got to have some fish sandwiches. (laughs) I like how he just felt right at home to just come on in and, and say, oh, let me help. He healed her. He touched her. And we know that he spent the night with them because in the next verse it says, That evening, after sunset, the people brought to Jesus all the sick and the demon-possessed. The whole town gathered at the door. So Jesus opens the door, stands on the porch, ministers to all of them. They shut the door. They go to bed because it says that early the next morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. That's where we get that it's okay to pull away sometimes and to go and to refresh and to regroup. This is where glory day may be originated, where you can take time while it was still dark this morning. You got up, you got ready, you anticipated and prepared to come to meet with the Lord today. What can people tell about you from being in your home? Are you happy Is your home full of joy? Is it inviting? Is it warm? From the moment you drive up to your house, what does your house say? A few years ago, um, we were looking at moving, and we love our house. We live in Grapevine, but we were working in Grand Prairie at the time, and um, we had thought about moving closer just because the commute just felt crazy in the afternoons. And in the mornings, the traffic was always crazy. And so we started looking for houses, And I got to where the realtor, I could tell, was getting frustrated with me because I would tell him that I wanted to look at this specific house and that we would go and we would get out and I would say, I'm sorry, it looks better online than it did driving up here. So I got to where I would just go, check out the atmosphere, check out the surroundings before we ever asked to see inside. There were several houses that we would step in the front door and I was like, nope, this isn't my house. This isn't the atmosphere. This place has not been prepared. Can you walk in and change it? Yes. But it's important that you choose an area and be where God wants you to be. It was all a part of his plan because my husband ended up getting transferred back to South Lake. So we were really glad we didn't move 45 minutes south. Uh, or 40, yeah, 45 minutes, is, which is only like 10 miles. But um, it's important It's very important that you choose the atmosphere and choose the surroundings of where you stay. I want to ask you a couple of questions. You have some of these same questions in your uh, amazing handout there, but what do you love about your home? 
What is it that you, when you walk into your home, that what do you feel when you come in? What is it that you don't like about your home? This week we were, um, or in the last two weeks, we were looking around and uh, one of the things that we've committed to this next year is to watch more movies together. My husband loves movies. For me, it is like anesthesia. You turn the movie on and I immediately can hardly stay awake. I don't know what it is. I think it's because once you finally sit down and get still. But I told him, I commit to watch more movies with you. So we're empty nesters, and we decided we were going to buy a new extra-wide chair. Not because we're going to grow to the chair, but we wanted to sit in the chair together. I know that sounds crazy, but that's just what we enjoy doing. So we looked around. We found a chair that um, was big enough for both of us to sit in. So we were, when we were deciding where we were going to place it, I just said, you know what? Let's get rid of that. Let's get rid of that. Let's get rid of that. I'm tired of that. And he was like, are you sure you're wanting to do all this? I was like, I just want fresh and new. And we experienced that uh, marketplace sales. That thing is crazy on Facebook, having people come to your home and, and buy your goods. The first, the first couple of times I was like, okay, this is weird. The second time this lady came in and she was looking at a chair and I felt okay. Have, we live real close to the police department. <laughs> I was like, it's Okay. They're probably nice people that are going to come by my chair. And she came in. She, she didn't even look at the chair. She was like, oh, this is beautiful. Oh, I love this. Oh, you should paint this. And I just was like. So the next time somebody came to buy something, I just said, could you meet me at the parking lot of the police department? And um, that person never showed up. And then I was, and then I was like, okay, there, well, there's an empty parking lot behind Target that we could meet. It has an e-commerce exchange point. So I decided if they're not willing to meet you at the police department, you might not want to meet with them. But uh, it, was, it was funny because I felt like, well, was that impulsive just to get rid of all that stuff? And I thought, no, the Lord put it in our hearts to maybe lighten the load a little bit and open up the room a little bit and make some change. And we do that. You, you see here, you know, they it's decorated so uh, nicely. But it's amazing, like, you know, what you, little things you can do, not big expensive things, just to make a change, change the atmosphere. When you have a trauma, when you have something go on in your life, do something to change, to make a difference, to um, brighten your area. What keeps you from inviting more people to your room, I mean, to your home? What is it? Do you, do you have this, unex, this unrealistic expectation of yourself that everything has to be like this or amazing and beautiful or expensive? I'm pretty sure if we think back to where maybe some of the homes that Jesus went into, it was probably pretty simple. I'm sure that somebody gave up a bed to let him lay down. You know, they probably didn't have some elaborate guest room. One of the things that uh, we love to do is have life group in our home. We love to bring people in to have a time of meeting with the Lord, but we think that having people in our home is different than having it at a, at a meeting place. Meeting places are great, but there's something different about bringing people into your space, into your territory. I believe that the Lord gives us our homes to be able to, it's the one area, maybe other than being in your car, parked in a parking spot somewhere where you have control of everything that's going on around you. We don't get to control that much, but in your home, you do. What's the Holy Spirit's vision for your home? Have you ever thought about that? I think he has a vision for us. How can we partner with him in our home? When you love your home, you will be more apt to invite people over. 
It's amazing what a little $5 can of paint will do. When the vision of your home includes loving God and loving people, you see it as a place of ministry. Have you ever stopped to ask the Lord what he wants your home to be? I think there's something about going into someone's home that shows their vulnerability and makes people feel special. From the front door to the living room, does your home say welcome? Almost every, home, every store you go into that has home decor items, there's a whole area with welcome mats. Of course, we laugh at the ones that, were, that say, go away, or not today, or whatever. We laugh at all that, but if you think about it, we have special mats at the front door. True, some of them are to catch dirt from people's shoes or to, you know, clean your feet before you come in. But most of them say, welcome, I want you here, please come in. Today, what was one of the first things that Nika said to us? Make yourself at home. It's important. It's part of what God has called us and given us to do. Your home is one of the only places that you get to steward everything. It's what you, where you get to steward what comes in or what goes out, the repairs, the temperature, the decor, the placement of the furniture. You see signs everywhere um, now that says, in this house, there are house rules. It's okay to have house rules. We had house rules growing up. Have you ever been in somebody's home that, that didn't seem to have very many house rules and it just was crazy chaos? Kids jumping everywhere. Not that kids aren't going to jump, but it, there's a place for them to jump. And it doesn't always have to be on the furniture. I remember one time we uh, went to a hotel and our kids were small and they were jumping on the bed. And I didn't want them jumping on the bed, so I said, you know what, that's not your bed to jump on. And they said, well, whose bed is it? I said, well, you need to call the front desk and ask them if you can jump on the bed. I felt so confident that whoever answered that front desk phone was going to say, absolutely not. (laughs) So my kids did. They called down and said, hi, we're in room 304. Can we jump on the bed? The guy said, absolutely. (laughs) I was like, that kind of backfired on me. (laughs) But it's okay to have house rules. We have a few signs in our home. I was looking around when I was uh, making my notes today, and, and um, on our back patio, we have a sign that says, this is our happy place. And it is. We've, we have worked hard to make our backyard, we call it our oasis or our resort. We're, the, we're not only the groundskeeper and the, I mean, we're not only the guest of the resort, but we're the groundskeeper. But we have a, home, a sign that says, home is where your story begins. Think about your story. Your story began many, many years ago in your parents' home. It's a, home is a very important place. People walk in our home and, and say, I feel safe here. There's something cozy about your house. And I would look around and I was like, do you think we have too much decor? You know, do you think this is too cutesy? And all of a sudden I felt like the Holy, Holy Spirit reminded me, you've worked for years to make an atmosphere where people want to come in and where people want to hang out. We, um, I led a mission trip just a couple of months ago, and we have team meetings before we go so we can get to know each other and learn about what we're going to do on the trip. And so the last trip meeting, I invited them to my home. I wanted to break bread with them, and I wanted us to pray together. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to bring them into my home so that I can get to know them better. You don't always know everybody that signs up for a mission trip. But it was so sweet to me because we had 24 women, and all the women that came, one lady walked in and she just said, where's my room? (laughs) And I laughed and she said, I don't ever want to leave here. I feel something here. 
I said, oh, that's so sweet. Thank you so much. And later the Holy Spirit said, that's because you have prayed that people would feel welcome and accepted and cared for and loved and safe when they walk in your home. If your home's not to be a, a place of safety, why do you have locks on your doors? Have you ever thought about that? It's to lock in the good and to lock out the bad. It's okay to have good boundaries in your home. I think it's absolutely imperative that we have good boundaries. Your home should be a place of refuge, a place where you go at the end of the day to to feel safe. It's where you go and put on those sweatpants. Do you all have those sweatpants? I had to throw away a pair of those sweatpants this last week. I was really sad. I had absolutely worn them out. I'm not kidding when I tell you they were probably 16 years old. They were like just worn out, let me just say. They were just worn out. But I held them in my hand, and I was like, I wonder if I could figure out some way to, to keep these longer. And I looked at them, and I said, thank you, sweatpants. <laughs> I'm going to miss you. I did replace them, and I'm hoping my new ones bring me just as much comfort and peace as those did. It's to be a place of security. It's to be a place of rest. Why do you try to find the most comfortable bed? It's because your home is to be a place of, of rest for you. It's to be a place of safety, a place of refreshment. Your home is a place where you do life. We laugh, we cry, we hurt, we heal in our homes. You've heard it said that your home is your castle, but your home is not only your castle, it's your sanctuary. It's a place where we invite the presence of God. It's a place where we invite our friends and family. So we protect the atmosphere. What you feed grows. Just in, what you, just in the same parable of what you sow, you reap, what you feed is going to grow in your home. If you sow discord all the time, if you sow argument, argumentative spirit, if you, if you just sow negative things all the time, that's what you're going to reap in your home. Have you ever been in your home and thought, you know what, I just don't want to be here. I want to get out. Let's just go out. I don't, I don't know. I just don't want to stay home. That's okay occasionally. But if that's the norm, you need to take some inventory. Do some inventory in your home because your home should be the place where you want to be more than anywhere else. I've, I see signs around all the time now that says, let's stay home. Because in this day and age, we don't stay home that much. We live in such a crazy, busy, chaotic society, fast food microwave world that we, we don't want to stay home and let things cultivate. We have to guard the atmosphere in our homes. How do we do that? How do you guard the atmosphere in your home? We do that by cleansing the atmosphere of our home. You do that through prayer and removing objects associated with the enemy. I know that may sound a little bit kooky, but it's true. We establish godly boundaries to protect your family from evil. You guard the atmosphere in your home by saturating your home with the presence of God through worship and prayer. There's so many times that we just turn music on. If you ever just are like, the, the, TV's, is, the TV's loud sometimes. It can be really low volume, but it's so loud. We don't watch the news. I call it the bad news because every time we turn the TV on the news, it's just bad. I have three grown children, and I have um, one of my children travels a lot, and and so I don't like hearing about abductions and things, 
that obviously happen in the world, but I don't have to open myself up to it. I do have a sister that watches news 24-7, so I always know. She always is like, I can't believe you don't watch the news. I'm like, I know that if I miss something, you're going to tell me. I have no doubt. I have another friend that she's like, did you watch that? And she's just like, it's just horrible. And I'm like, no, I, I didn't watch it. No, I really didn't want to watch it. No, I didn't care to watch it. She just tells me all the details. And I'm like, that's why I didn't want to watch it, because I know I have a friend or a sister that's going to fill me in on all that bad news. Not that I want to stick my head in the sand and not be a part and know what's going on in the world. I just get to choose what I watch, when I watch it, where I watch it, and how much I watch. Music and TV can set an attitude in our home that we don't want. Another thing that contributes to the spiritual atmosphere of our home is the possessions that are stored there. If you were warned, and we are warned, that if you leave certain items out in your home, it will, con- it will draw rodents or rats. Chances are we get rid of those things, right? I don't want those. I always, uh, we lived in a house in Hearst one time that, man, I didn't know what we did, but it seemed like we were the place all the ants wanted to reside. Those little bitty, bitty ants. And so I would tell my kids, don't leave crumbs laying around. Don't, you know, you have to clean up after yourself. I hate ants, and it seemed like it was almost impossible to get rid of them. But there are things that if you leave out, it's going to attract things that you don't want. It's the same thing that we, if we allow unholy things in our home to both dishonor God and attract evil presence, we don't want that. In the Old Testament, Joshua was commanded by God to tear down and dismantle all heathen altars and destroy any idols to foreign gods. Have you ever thought about, do you have anything in your home that dishonors God and invites a demonic presence? I know you think, okay, this is getting a little bit kooky. It's not. I'm just going to share a couple of stories with you, and if it's too kooky for you, tomorrow you can share your unkooky story with somebody else. But years ago, we had a couple come to us and say, will you just pray with us? Our kids wake up in the night, and they're just in terror. They just are like traumatized and screaming and crying, and we can't figure out what it is. And we just talked to them a little bit and said, well, you know, are you letting them watch scary stuff? No. Are you letting them? No. We're real careful about all of that. We just can't figure out what it is. And so we said, you know what? The next time that happens, call us. And we'll pray right then. And so it wasn't, but just a couple of weeks later, we got a phone call in the middle of the night. And my husband's a pastor. And so we get this phone call, and it's this girl. And you can hear her kids screaming and crying in the background. And she said, my husband's out of town. I hate to call you in the middle of the night, but it's happening again. Would you just pray for us? I said, we will be glad to. I said, but you know what? Would you like for us to come over? We'll come over and just pray in your home. And she said, oh, my gosh, I would love that. So we went. We just asked the Lord on the way, will you just show us anything? Help us know how to help this family. So we came in. The kids had calmed down a little bit, but we just talked to, them a little, talked to the mom a little bit, and we said, you know what, would you just let us walk through the house while we pray and see if the Lord shows us anything? And she said, oh, please, I would love that. And so we were walking around and walked into the office, and her husband was a prolific reader. I mean, he's just He's a very intelligent man. So we were just looking, and I don't, I don't know a lot, but I'm just looking at this whole massive bookcase, 
And I was like, oh, this is interesting. I, I got to have help on this one. So I went and had Mark come in. I said, just look at these books. They had a whole set of books on witchcraft and sorcery and just all these things on all these other religions and different Bibles. And there's nothing wrong with history or any of that, but I just was like drawn to them. And I, I was like, I don't know. Something about this area of books kind of bothers me. And she was like, I've hated those books. I've hated, can we just get rid of them? I said, well, I don't want your husband coming home from his trip and you tell him, hey, the Jobs came and threw out all your books. I said, but let's do this. Let's just, let's just try it. We boxed up all the ones that we felt like the Holy Spirit led us to, and we took them out. We took them into the garage. The children never had another nightmare. But after we did that, we cleansed the room. We cleansed the house, and we asked the Lord to... She repented for allowing things to come in that ever uh, was unholy. And I'm not saying that every book like that is unholy, but those particular things had a lot of ungodly, unholy stuff in them. And uh, it made a huge difference in their lives. There's been several times, we were always the family that people laughed at and made fun of because one of our children was very, very sensitive to the things of the Spirit. From the time she was a little, little girl, she would say, can you come in my room and pray? We just thought, okay, this is ridiculous. We really didn't even know what all was happening at that time. We just thought she just didn't want to go to bed. This was her tactic. You know, you've had a drink. You've gone to the bathroom. You're not hungry. Now, now, it's, now we got to pray. Okay. So we went into her room one night, and I sat down and left the lights out. I said, okay, what are you feeling in here? What is it that's bothering you? And she said, that thing on the wall. And I was like, well, that's a cute thing. She was like, it stares at me. I was like, okay. Well, I took it. It was part of a set. I don't have to tell you what it was. It just was something for us that we were like, it didn't seem like it was, had any harm to it, but we took it out. And she said, I slept so good last night once you took that out of my room. She was four years old. So the next week or whatever, she was struggling with something. And she was like, can you come in my room and pray again? And I said, okay, Dad, you go this time. It's your turn. So he went in. And same thing, there was something, she felt like something was at her window. So we, he said, okay, you know, we're learning about the, all this. So he said, tell me what it is. What do you see when you look out the window? She said, I don't know, I just see, it looks like a big brown bear. She didn't know at age four to just know that it, she just, it was like a shadow of something. But he said, well, you just tell that brown bear to go in Jesus' name. So she did. And we learned from that point on, we had to steward that in her because now she's a very gifted um, ministry. She's in very gifted ministry, and, and the Lord used that to teach her to recognize things that she needed to deal with or things that she felt. She is in music and writes music, and it, I'm glad that we didn't discard that and just say, that's silly. That's, you know, that doesn't make any sense. You just need to get in bed and, and quit thinking about stuff like that. The Lord has made us all to be very open to his spirit, if we will, and he's given us those gifts. I didn't have that on my notes, but um, I recently read a story about 
uh, or listen to a TED Talk that a lady did on tidying your house. And I love stuff like that. I love to organize. I love all that. But she talked about the importance of making your bed. And actually, a couple of friends had sent it to me because I had shared in a life group several years ago with a bunch of young moms that it was important to make your bed every day, that I always made my kids make their bed. And I said, even if they don't have time to clean up their room, they have to make their bed. Because when you come home at night, nobody wants to crawl in a bed that's all messy and not clean. You know, that's just how I raised them. And so I told these girls that, and they were like, that's silly. I don't care about making my bed. I said, okay, make your bed for one week and tell me if you don't feel something different the next week. And every one of them were like, okay, that sounds really silly, but it made a huge difference. I felt like when I came home, my bed was prepared for me. It's important. I I really feel like if you live in a cluttered environment, if you lived in a cluttered setting, your mind's cluttered. Um, we used to tell our son, sloppy is as sloppy does. We had two of our kids, I felt like the messier their room, the better they felt. That wasn't true. They just felt overwhelmed and didn't, didn't know how to help clean their rooms. I remember our son when he was little, um, the girls had a lot of toys, but with boys it just seems like the toys multiply in the night, like those little Legos and those little army men and all those cars so I would get to where I would say, Caleb, go clean your room. And he would just be overwhelmed. He would go in his room, and I would go in later, and he'd be laying on his bed. I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, I don't know. I was like, you're in here to clean your room. I thought something was wrong with him. You're in here to clean your room. And finally, I realized he didn't know where to start. I had to tell him, okay, I'm going to set the timer, and you have five minutes. Put all the cars in the car bin. And I'll come back in in five minutes. I set the timer for me to remember that I had him doing something. (laughs) He thought he had to hurry. But I had to teach him from a little age. You have to teach. It doesn't come natural to just have a gift of organization that I'm aware of. You have to learn and cultivate it. And so if your space is neat and organized, you'll spend less money, Leo will like this, because you're not going to buy duplicates of things you already have. You know, think of it when you get your Christmas stuff out and you're like, oh my gosh, why did I buy that paper yesterday? I have four rolls I bought at the end of last year on sale. Because, and then I forgot about them. But if you're, if you're neat and organized, then you're not going to forget that you have plenty of wrapping paper or whatever it is that you're um, prone to purchase. I believe that you physically, emotionally feel better when things are in order. I think I even feel spiritually I feel better if things are in order. It takes less energy to process when you can be in a non-cluttered atmosphere or surroundings. I want to encourage you to fill your home with the Word. Read it, declare it, listen to it. Listen to others teach and preach. I turn on podcasts all the time when I'm doing stuff in the kitchen. I'm always like, this is an opportunity that I can have to, to pour into myself and to enjoy something. Uh, fill your home with prayer. We pray alone, we pray together, we focus our prayers, we take it seriously. If you saw the the movie War Room, I loved that movie. I loved how she, and I love the sticky notes, I'm an office supply crazy girl. I love school supplies and office supplies. I have this, well, I have a couple of cabinets that have a lot of office supplies in them. Mark's here, I have to be really honest. But I love it because it, it's, I love labels and I love stickers. And I, I, I tried last night. My sister had an emerg- a medical emergency and we didn't get home from the hospital until 1130. I was like, 
I just wish I had a cute sticker to go on this box. And I was like, you know what, the twine's fine. They're not going to care. They're going to just eat the peanut butter candy that's in it. But I loved how in that movie she used all those sticky notes. She was organized. She strategized. I, I believe the Lord wants us to do that in our home. I think he wants us to be strategic with our prayer in our home. Fill your home with worship. Play worship music. Sing to the Lord. If you can't sing, it says make a joyful noise. Let somebody else make a, make a joyful noise or sing in your home. Turn music on. You have the spiritual authority over your home. Just like she said today, she did such a great uh, segue. Was, Nika was such a great segue to what I was sharing today because we do have all authority in our home to bring in spiritual, to make the change, to do everything that we want, to remind the enemy out loud who is Lord over our home. Invite the Holy Spirit. Um, the presence of the Holy Spirit into your home. A few years ago, um, it's been several years now, I, uh, I come from a large family, and we host Thanksgiving most years. We, um, my brother and sister, uh, one of my sisters, I come from four girls and two boys, and one of my sisters um, had gone through a divorce, and my brother had gone through a divorce. And so the first holiday, the first Thanksgiving that we had, where their kids weren't there, they were just so sad. And so we decided, and my sisters, a couple of other sisters, were um, season ticket holders for the Cowboys, and so we started a tradition of having our family Thanksgiving, my big family Thanksgiving, the Sunday before Thanksgiving. And so it really worked out great. Everybody could be there. Everybody was ready for that meal. And so you, it's really an advantage to be the first holiday meal and so we've always carried that tradition on. Well, we usually host Thanksgiving because um, my sister that usually hosts Christmas, it just works out better with our schedules. And so it was uh, coming close to Thanksgiving. And um, at that time, I was the only one in my family that attended church. And so there was a lot of, a lot of um, discord in our family. A couple of sisters weren't speaking to one another. There was issues with our mom, just all kinds of stuff. And so I told Mark, I'm not doing Thanksgiving. He's like, what do you mean you're not doing Thanksgiving? I said, I'm not having it. We're not having Thanksgiving this year. They can just all do whatever they do. And all of a sudden, I heard the Holy Spirit say, yeah, you are. I was like, no, I'm not. <laughs> you host Thanksgiving. <laughs> it's like, and I heard him say, prepare a table in the midst of their enemies. And I was like, well, they're not going to come. They're not even speaking to one another. They're not going to come break bread together. He said, I just felt so strongly that he said, host Thanksgiving. So I was like, okay, whatever. I do the little invite. It's like, well, they're not going to come. This is just a waste of my time for me to invite them. And I sent out the invite, and all of a sudden, all the replies start coming. 36 people RSVP'd for Thanksgiving. So I was like, okay, Lord, well, this is going to be awkward because they're not speaking to one another. So the Lord put it in my heart to do something special. And I, I got two bowls, and I wrote everyone's name. I divided the family into adults and children. It was hard. No, it wasn't hard. But I put all the adults' name in the adult bowl and all the children's name in the children's bowl. And so I passed them around, and I made sure not to make eye contact with a few of my family members who are introverts, who aren't, don't care about the things of the Lord. And I just was like, you know what? This is my home. I'm not going to feel controlled by the disdain that I feel here. I felt the Lord put it in my heart to do this. And I wasn't going to use 
church words like prophecy or any, anything like that. I was like, you know what, I'm just going to... I'm just going to do this. And so what happened was you drew a name. If you were a child or an adult, you drew a name. And the only rule was you couldn't draw your own, and you could not draw the name of someone in your immediate family. So once everybody got their names, I literally could feel one of my sisters staring a hole in me. I wanted to get an inhaler and give it to her because I thought, if you gasp one more time, you know, I'm a pleaser, and I wanted everybody to be happy in my home. But I so felt like, this was something that the Lord had put on my heart to do. So I told them, this, this is what we're going to do. Before we eat, you're going to take the name of that person that you're, you drew, and I'm going to give you just a couple of minutes to think about it. You don't have to write a book. You don't have to go into great big detail. I just want you to speak a word or a phrase over that person. Look them in the eye and tell them what you're thankful for, what they mean to you, what they remind you of. I was like, it's all going to be nice and uplifting. Just in, This is a, a day of thanksgiving, and we're going to be thankful for one another. And so, I mean, my heart was about to beat out of my chest, and I was like, oh, Lord, this is going to do it for sure. They're probably all going to leave after this. It was the most amazing time ever for each family member to look at another family member and say, Thank you for always listening to me. Thank you for caring for me. I was able to look at my brother-in-law, who I absolutely love, and I, I have, he has a name for me. It's Facilia, which means favorite sister-in-law. That's our little name. But I was able to look at him and say, I just love and appreciate how you care for our family and how you always make time for us. To hear the cousins look at each other, and it was so precious because to hear the, a 10-year-old cousin or an 8-year-old cousin look at a 10-year-old cousin and say, thank you so much that you always play with me. I mean, we're all, by the time it was over, we were all in tears and, and moved. And I felt like the Holy Spirit said, if you make a way for me, I will come. The Holy Spirit promises to come and dwell in our homes. I felt like today um, the Lord put something in my heart for us, and I was thinking about, uh, have you ever gone away and come home and someone had your house cleaned for you? It's just the most amazing feeling. It's like, uh, for all you women who have had children, it's like when you are in the hospital, you know someone is there cleaning that house, stocking the pantry, getting ready for you to come home. It's an amazing feeling. And I was thinking today, okay, so I didn't, make arrangements for anybody to go clean your house while you're here today. But I felt like the Lord put it in my heart that we could do some spiritual house cleaning on your homes while you're here. So I just wanted to know if it, if it um, doesn't make you feel awkward, I wanted to ask you to stand all together. And I felt like the Lord gave me a prayer for us to pray out loud over our homes. If you'll just close your eyes and just repeat after me. Father God, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I pray that your will be done in my home. I dedicate and consecrate my home as a sanctuary for your presence. I present my home to you for examination today. I ask for your light to reveal all darkness. I ask for your light to reveal all darkness. 
Uncover any idol or anything that I need to get rid of. Would you show me any reminder of past sin? Any movie or music that I have allowed in my home that glorifies sin? And anything else where I have opened a door to the enemy? No matter the value that I once placed on these things, I commit to rid my home of them. And any spirit associated with those objects has to leave. Father, would you go and fill my home with your Holy Spirit? Thank you for your grace and mercy. Today I repent and shut all open doors that I've opened to the enemy. And I ask you to seal them and set angels in place as guards. I declare that you alone are Lord over my home. I want my home filled with your truth and your presence. Come, Holy Spirit, both in my physical house and my spiritual house right now. I receive your peace. I'd like to pray a blessing over you. Father, I thank you for everyone that's represented in this room today, for every home that's represented. Lord, I thank you that it is your heart to reside not only in us, but in our homes. I thank you that our homes are important to you. You've made our bodies your temple where you want to dwell, and you've given us physical homes for us to dwell in. God, I ask that you bless every person here. And Lord, I ask that you bless their homes. I ask that you make their homes a place of safety and security, a place of rest and refreshment, a place where, of healing and health. Lord, I ask you to pour out your spirit. Thank you so much. In the name of Jesus, amen. I wanted to just, you can have a seat. I wanted to just read one sign that we have in our home. It's our house rules. And it says, in this house, we live like heaven is on earth. We love like we've never been hurt. We laugh like no one is listening. We sing as if no one can hear. We dance as if no one is watching. I have a towel in my kitchen that says, this kitchen made for dancing. You don't want to see me dance. (laughs) We dream like there are no impossibilities. In this house, we play like there are no winners. We give because we have plenty. We smile till our face hurts. And we cherish our friends and family every day. God bless you. Thank you for being here today. I've listened to that speech over and over. Here's the thing about Sandy Job. 
She's just as delightful in person as her voice sounds over the airwaves. I mean, what speaker or presenter actually takes the time to prepare and box up a little treat for everyone in her audience? I've been a speaker and presenter for 13 years now, and I've never once done that. But Sandy did it on the day that I asked her to speak at my live event. She brought a handmade treat for everyone. So I think we all have something to learn about hospitality from her. Besides, the lovely worship leader we all adore, Carrie Jo, was raised in the home that Sandy describes in this lesson. Sandy is her mother. And so I think there is beautiful proof that she walks the talk. I recommend re-listening to this one and blessing your home intentionally today. Hey there, did you know that your vocation is what you're paid to do, but your calling is what you're made to do? If you are ready to step into that calling, then let's go. God is advancing the kingdom through Christian books, and he's given everyone a spiritual gift. It may be that one way you can exercise your spiritual gift of prophecy, serving, teaching, exhortation, giving, organization, or mercy is by writing a book that will bless other believers and go places that you can't go yourself. If you don't know how to write your first book, then put yourself under the mentoring of an experienced Christian author who will pray for and guide you the whole way through. If you haven't figured it out yet, that's me. Come join the Keep Writing course, an all-in-one online experience that I've created to take you from page one to page done. Inside, I offer step-by-step video lessons that will help you the whole way through. Together, we'll solve any problem you face in the name of Jesus. There'll be nothing stopping you from getting this book into people's hands. And there's just simply no other program that can help you do it like my program can. So make a significant move for your writing career. Go to nikamaples.com forward slash courses and get started.